Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we talk about more Sony news, Pokemon Unite, and more Overwatch 2 changes. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another beautiful week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. It is now April. We are moving into... I mean, if you look at it either way, we're moving into either we're still in the first third of the year in one perspective, and in another perspective, we are in the second quarter of the year, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. So. <laughs> the way how I look at it is uh I look at it in anime seasons, so it's like mm-hmm. uh anime seasons go in like three months, so um I'm really excited for the upcoming season just because there's a lot of things that like I've, I've been looking forward to and I'm waiting for them to, uh, you know, finally get released. And it we're, we're slowly approaching like the time where everything starts coming out again. We're also approaching my birthday. Ew. Unbelievable. Our birthdays. Yay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ew. We're both <laughs> April babies. We're both Aries. It's Aries season yeah we're we're just yeah, yeah. old Taurus peoples bro i don't i don't like the fact that i'm closer to 30 Ugh. 30 is just a number <laughs> it is but it's a number at which my back will start to ache and my joints will hurt and i'll be like oh you kids uh, it's it's the point where like you Stop can't get out of a chair person. yeah without stopped... without making noise you stop being a young person when you're 30. Yeah. You're it's like, fine. you're at that point, you're, you're unavoidably an adult. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How have you been, Kevin? What have you been doing this past week? Um, I've been taking care of the house. Uh, my parents just got back from, from Vegas. That's why this podcast Ooh. actually starts a little bit later uh, than our usual recordings. But um yeah i've had the house to myself i had to take care of the dog being here and you know also having the job at the escape room and so on and so forth so just a lot of like doing errands and then taking care of the dog and like rinse repeat for a while sounds like you've been doing adult things (laughs) imagine i I really don't want to (laughs) in in other fun news though like last night like i got off of my shift at midnight because somebody came in at Somebody came in at 10 and wanted to play a game. So, like, we're like, okay, we technically have to take them. And, like, we close out everything at 11. So, um, oh, wow. <laughs> it got to a point where, like, it, it was midnight. Uh, I went, got Taco Bell, and then, like, I was going to fall asleep. And then I was like, you know what? I saw that one SNL skit where they talked about watching, a, you know, a short movie. Um, and Netflix actually, like, responded back with, like, having their own thing of, like, movies that are under two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, screw it. I'm going to eat my Taco Bell and I'm going to go watch the entirety of Tokyo Drift again. Wait, what, what did you, before we continue, what did you order from Taco Bell? This is important. Um, I got the taco and burritos cravings box oh, okay. and then a steak quesadilla. 
because uh, I knew that I was going to save some of the burritos for breakfast today. Mm. Uh, so I just I just ate the tacos and I ate half the quesadilla. So it's a big, big brain play. Getting getting two uh, getting two meals out of it while I can. Okay, so you so you're going to watch Tokyo Drift? I watched the entirety of Tokyo Drift last night. First of all, Tokyo Drift is from 2006. Um, it's crazy. That's um, so long ago. Lil Bow Wow was in that movie. Uh, oh, God. He hasn't done anything since then, really, has it, it, he? Yeah. And, like, the funny thing is, like, I I always think that this is, like, a funny point that they, they bring up. But, like, the making of Tokyo Drift, like, it was supposed to be its own movie. Like, it, wouldn't, it wasn't supposed to be a part of, like, the Fast and Furious, like, movie set. Um, but, like, I think Universal bought the rights to it. And they were like, let's make this a to- let's make this a Fast and Furious movie. And so literally the whole movie works on its own. Um, but the second that you watch like the last scene, like you've seen you've seen Tokyo Drift, right? Yeah, it's the first Fast and Furious movie I ever watched. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it still arguably one of the best. So like the last scene, right? Uh, Sean is like in the garage like back in the underground with all the, you know, all the drift racers. He's the new DK. He's the new drift King. Donkey Kong. (laughs) (laughs) And then like Vin Diesel shows up. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah. Han was like family to him. He wants to race you. And then he's like, okay. And then he pulls up to Vin Diesel and then they, they race. And that's where the movie ends. Right. Um, From what I heard, like they said that, that whole scene at the end was shot after everything else and it was just like added in as a way to tie it back to the original series and then it summarily threw off the entire continuity of fast and furious yeah because like they liked han like han was a good character and then like you know in in fast and furious like he his whole shit like blows up like (laughs) like car flips catches on fire car explodes and, and then like he's not dead yeah and then you watch the entirety of the rest of like the you know the fast and furious movies and he's still there and you're like what the hell on like <laughs> what happened but yeah that that was something that like i watched because like i enjoyed like tokyo drift i enjoyed like watching for certain things again because like i've been slowly like learning about drift racing uh in japan and like there's a there's a circuit called Ebisu Circuit, which is like where they do and practice drifting. And it's something that like obviously like at some point I, I want to try. It's crazy to know that the real Drift King, like the guy who like pioneered and made it popular, was in the movie too. Oh. Um so like and a, then like, like a little cameo? Yeah, he's he's like one of the fishermen. Like that's just on the side watching like these kids drift. And but like to see like Ebisu Circuit like in the movie, like I understand what it looks like, and you're like, this is where like the hard drift turn is. Like this is the crazy thing, um, like, and it's just it's just cool to like understand that from a different perspective this time, um, rather than just me being like, oh, car car go sideways. That's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's more of like, whoa, they actually use like a you know they they spun use an e brake turn on the on this one. I'm like, oh, that that's cool. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's just cool to learn about all that stuff and to, to watch a movie from 2006, hear songs that are like arguably like super dated, but like when you hear it, you're like, oh dang, like that that was in this movie, like, um, yeah. What, so what's the, that song called? <laughs> so the first uh, phone I ever got, um, it was a phone in the Philippines, and like, um, I don't know why, but the the preset ringtone for that phone was the Tokyo Drift theme song. Yeah, where, like the girl's like Tokyo Drift, and it's like. I don't know. I just, I just remember remind me of that right now. Like I didn't change it because it's a cool ringtone. Um, but yeah, no, my first phone, my first ever phone ringtone was Tokyo Drift. Yeah, and that that song like slaps really good. Oh, it's a banger of a song. Like it does you, not you, age. Yeah, you cannot get rid of the the Tokyo Drift song. And then the second that like, for me, the one that sealed it for me was when I found out that there's a Eurobeat version of the Tokyo Drift oh, song. God. So I was like, okay, I'm keeping that on like the back burner. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta use that like when I can. So yeah, it, it's really, uh, it's really crazy. Uh, how was your week, Matt? How's, how's everything going on your end? I am, I, I am very stressed and <laughs> there's not enough hours in the day. We're in tech week for the play. Like, um, it's when it's, well, I mean, it, it, it's still technically Wednesday today and like, what an hour and 10 minutes it'll be thursday um but so thursday we are kind of doing a little bit of a teaser of the play for a little bit of an audience at the theater because there's like a variety show on thursdays at the theater so we're using that as like a um we we'd normally have like a dress rehearsal that night but the theater's like no we have to do this variety show so we're doing a quick like teaser to of like a scene or two to the audience to get them to maybe want to come see the show and then friday we go live as our first actual show friday saturday sunday and then next week it's thursday friday saturday sunday so i'm freaking out i'm just hoping that i'm not gonna miss a sound cue or or a light cue i i'm almost perfect now like i still have like one or two things that i forgot like i forgot to like raise the volume on one thing or another but um i am hopeful that by by friday i will have mastered all of that so that should be okay and then i'm starting up again doing the box office stuff for the la asian pacific film festival um if all of any of y'all are going to be in la in the first and the second weeks of may y'all should totally come through and watch some really good asian film and i will be there doing my box office duties um for most of the days there's a couple days that we're doing virtual and there's like i think one or one day where we're in person that I won't be there because I have work. But there's that. Um, I haven't really done a lot of of gaming. Um, so today was, today's Wednesday and it's not been a good, it's not been a good day for me. Um, not that anybody actually cares about this, but I just, I need, I need to vent about this. But uh, the, the, my friend that I was kind of dating, um, she told me today that she has a boyfriend who is not me. So, oh. um, it hurt. It's, it hurts a lot. Um, we vibe really well. And like I've known this person for forever. So like kind of hurt. Um, I will, I will get through this eventually, but for now I'm just like, what is the purpose of life? Why? So I spend all day listening to emo music. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of my chemical romance was playing as I worked today, unable to focus on the spreadsheets that I was filling out. Um, yeah. I like, that's another thing. Like, for me too like music is a really big part of it um i just uh, like this is how old i am like uh 
I had an iPod pre-pandemic and it was like mm-hmm. barely hanging on by a thread. And I think yesterday I just put in an order to get a new iPod for the first time. Like I don't have an iPhone. Yeah. I have like a basic like Samsung phone. But like it's like the first time in like four years that I'm like having music that is portable. Like literally <laughs> I've only been listening to music off of YouTube. Oh my God. And like I'm like, yo, like now that I'm at an escape room, like they told me like you're allowed to have like AirPods and stuff with you and you can use it while you like reset. And like when you're resetting rooms, mm-hmm. when you're like watching games and nobody's around, like you could listen to music and stuff like that. And so I'm like, oh, like music is a thing. I forgot about that. So like it's really funny, like in the in the control room, like we usually just chat and stuff like that. But um or like I just start drawing or writing stuff down, but like it's it's cool to finally have music again. It's gonna it's gonna be uh interesting to see obviously like what I'm able to put on there, but also yeah. like what what things I'm gonna be prioritizing when I'm when I'm listening to uh nowadays. See, normally I don't listen to music anymore. Mostly I'm listening to podcasts and stuff, but it's like I don't know, like when I'm when I'm working, I found that I can't really listen to podcasts all that much because like Either I'll be focusing on what's going on. Like, I've been listening to um, a horror podcast. It's really good. It's called Old Gods of Appalachia. It's really good. Um, and I found that, like, if I'm listening to it, I'll get either get lost in the story and I'll forget what I'm doing for work, or I'll get so drawn into what I'm doing for work that I'm not paying attention to what happens in the story. So that's why I'm like, okay, I, I have to, like, if I'm going to listen to something, it has to not be a podcast. So I'll, like, when I'm walking the dog, I'll put on the podcast, or when I'm driving somewhere i will put on the podcast or whatever but yeah i've I've had to transition to music um yeah another thing that i've been doing is is watching demon slayer kevin hey let's go i have questions though oh like, okay why is tanjiro a, a bloodhound why like does it explain why he can he can sniff oh he can smell things and like smell when someone's attacking him or like he can smell a trap. Like, what does it explain why he has this obscene sense of smell? No, he, he just does. He just does. And I, I think, like, See, how far are you in in Demon Slayer? I don't want to spoil anything, so I, uh, I just want to be careful. We just met. Uh, he just beat um, Drum Demon. Drum. Oh, uh, he just beat Drum clap Demon. Clap, clap, boy. Yeah. So, uh, clap trap. You've met Zenitsu. Yeah, I met Zenitsu, and he, his, he's okay. got the weird. I can hear everything. Yeah, so yeah, Zenitsu could hear anything, and then like Tanjiro could smell anything. So it, <laughs> it's a very weird like thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it's they, I don't know. Just, it's just so a quirk they that they do have. It? They, they, they just I think do it? I think they just have it. Like, just Ugh. some some characters have that. So in this them, is just but, another like, suspend your disbelief kind of thing. I mean, yeah, but it's just also just like. That's the one thing that they were good at before. Like, like if if anything else happened, like that's it. Like, mm-hmm. they had a, they they just so happened to be able to hear a lot and uh, smell a lot. That's just what they what they do. Okay. Another question: Why does Tanjiro want to? I, I feel like he wants to sleep with his sister. I uh, feel like he does. Okay, so this is like this is a thing that like has been discussed quite a bit. Um. This is like really old, like it's supposed to be set during like I believe the Meiji era. So like it was totally legal back then for like for it's like time accurate if that happens. 
Um, I didn't. Oh God, no! But it it probably won't. I don't know. Like I, I hope have it doesn't. But like I I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. I honestly think that it's just it's <sighs> it's just fine. Um, I mean, he's he's just a little bit he's a little bit too obsessed with her, and it's like when when he meets like the other two demons, and he's like she's a hag, and he's like um excuse me, she's the hottest thing on two legs, and it's like Tanjiro she's one she's like what 12 and two she's your sister Come yeah on. yeah it, it 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 do be like that sometimes uh, i don't like it i don't like that part just, of it just don't don't worry about it like don't worry about that part just just worry about the cool like demon sword fight stuff yeah and then i think what was my last question um my last thing that i had about it oh why is it in like this is a shonen anime right mm-hmm. you consider a shonen why yes. why are shonen protagonist so whiny and crying like every five seconds uh i don't know why i mean every single shonen i've seen like what is it um i mean i don't think edward was was as whiny well no he he didn't whine about being short edward whined about being short he didn't cry as much um naruto cries every five seconds uh cries about sasuke whines about sasuke um tanjiro's crying every five seconds uh, I don't remember One Piece if they cry a lot, but no, it, it's uh, it's it's a way to show that the character has feelings, uh, even though, like you know, they, they if okay, if if it was a shonen anime and like the the main character just slaughters things and doesn't have any remorse, then like, how would how would you feel about that? He's just like a straight up cold blooded killer, but he's I doing mean that's the just right John thing. Wick. Yeah, it's just, it's John Wick. Like, would you? I mean, that'd be a really cool like anime, but <laughs> he just goes around with a pencil. Like, <laughs> that's I guess his honestly, whole thing. it's. I feel like I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like maybe it's just like a uh, a cultural difference between like what is considered, I guess, um, masculine and heroic in Western culture and and depictions of heroism as opposed to, I guess, maybe Eastern depictions yeah I, guess. I mean i feel like the this is like a really like a one-off thing but like if you watched like jojo's the characters in that they don't really get emotional um but like you still root for them just because they they go through their own struggles and everything um right. i just feel like it's like it, it's a way for you to like understand like they're immature at this point like especially really early like they're super whiny um like they want to be the best obviously like uh no one ever was but like you know you start off with like a character who just who can't win and then they slowly learn how to get better and and win and then they they take everything that they learned and become better and that's like that's the shonen trope right there so Mm. that's why like in the early naruto runs you know like naruto is always like whining about like wanting to be the hokage and like wanting to become the best (laughs) and then like he wants to be the the best person he can and then you realize like the reason why is like he had no friends like everybody thought that he was like a loser and now he you know he worked to get here and so that that's like the the reason why like you have to have an annoying main character to start because they have to start at nothing okay yeah, that's those are my thoughts on Demon Slayer. I, I do enjoy the battle animations. So the animations are amazing. Oh, dude. Wait. Also, another question. So yes. w- when when he does water breathing, there's no actual water there, right? Okay. So this was something that was brought up with the with the author. 
the answer is there is no actual water. Okay, it's just that like is, a visual That is depiction. a stylized like thing that was added like in the manga. Yeah. So like the water stuff isn't there. And it's it's literally just like sword swishes, right? Okay. And okay. I I, I like the whole aesthetic thing. Like oh, yeah, I wish really there was good. that whole thing. But like when you take that away, you're just like, oh, he's just flailing around his sword. That's like the technique. And you're just like, yeah, I get it. Like they need to add that so it looks cool. But I, I wish they just said like, yeah, it does come out of the sword. It's projected. Uh, it's there. His like, breathing makes the water come out. It's it's his breathing form plus the, the certain stone that's forged for the blade that makes it work. Right. Like I would be I would be 100 percent on board with that. Just be like, all right, cool. Like I, I get it. But like. The author said, no, no, it's just they're just swinging around the sword. The the swooshes and the water things are just for visuals. And I'm like, come on, (laughs) can't can't just do that to me. (laughs) Okay, so now that now that we've gotten the the demon, now we've now that we slayed the questions about the demons, um, let's get into Let's get into the, the, the actual news stories that we have this week. Um, let's get this awful one out of the way in the beginning. Um, I, I, I don't like the Paul brothers, Kevin. Logan and Jake Paul, I don't think that they're good people. I think they're awful people. Um, just just putting that out there. But um, because we talk about Pokemon, I felt like I would bring this up. But the... the <laughs> The note that I wrote in our new or our news section is Logan Paul is an idiot, but now an idiot with a Guinness World Record. Um, I can never tell which one of the the two idiots is older, but the Logan idiot spent. Guess how? Did, have you seen this story, Kevin? Uh, I I clicked on it. I haven't scrolled. Okay. Guess how much he. Uh, I I mean, if you have you seen the the headline of it, it's. Uh, I, I saw the headline, okay. but like it can be. Yeah, I can't gamify just, this anymore. You've already seen it, but he spent six million dollars on a Pokemon card. He spent like, he spent six million dollars on a on a a ten rated Pikachu Illustrator card. Um, or not ten million. He spent six million. Um, no, the actual number is five million two hundred seventy five thousand dollars. It was at a private auction. He has a Guinness World Record as the most expensive card ever purchased and he wore it to his wwe match which is again he couldn't even make it as like a real wrestler so he had to go into fake wrestling or whatever um oh god kevin he's only 27 he's our age oh that's fine i mean if it if it requires you to throw away your 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 stance on everything i guess you can make money but like yeah it, it's it's fine i do think that like if you have expendable income like that that's fine like sure go ahead blow six mil on it on a chain like i feel like that's normal for rappers and stuff like that too so if, if he wants to wear a cool pokemon card l- let him do that but like I, I feel like it's super risky to wear something like that especially to a wwe event because like what what happens if they break the glass, man? Like you're, you're, they bend the card. You're, you're kind of, you're kind of screwed. So, um, I mean, I'm like, first of all, I think like it's a cool idea. Like this is something that like a lot of people have been like doing for a while. It's just like wearing the cards that you like the most. Um, but like, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you like. I would not want to bring this anywhere close to anything, especially yeah. if it's you know five point three million dollars. Like that's not that's not something I'm willing to risk. You know. I mean, I feel like if it was anyone but one of the Paul brothers, I would be okay with it. Well, I'm not okay with it, but I'd be more okay with it. It's just like. I, I hate the Paul brothers with a passion. I really do. We just need some other like really cool celebrity to like pull off something like this again, you know? So I mean like if, if Henry it... Cavill did this, I'd be completely fine with it. It's like cause we know Henry Cavill is like a, a legit like nerd. He's he's one of us. He almost missed his Superman audition because he was playing World of Warcraft. Like that's like Henry Cavill is like legit like into nerd culture. I feel like Logan Paul is just in it for the stunts and the money. Yeah, I think... I don't think he actually cares. I don't feel like he does. Because, like, here's the thing. Like, I I appreciate when, like, you know that they care about the craft rather than it just being, like, another way to, like, hold money. Um, So, yeah, I I think that it's... It's interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll We'll see what it means. Uh, okay, so moving on to moving away from from him and getting into more Pokemon news. Um, Pokemon Go developers want to make Pokemon Go go <laughs> again, I guess you could say, just because of the way the pandemic happened, like we weren't really able to to go outside and go places and be around other people and like i haven't played pokemon go since it launched i got very bored of it and stopped playing it but my siblings play it religiously my brother's girlfriend plays it religiously my sister's boyfriend plays it religiously kevin do you play pokemon go uh i do not but my sister plays okay. with her friends for sure yeah but i guess the way they, they changed a lot of things about pokemon go to make it so that you can play it from the safety of your own home where you won't risk getting infected by other people by going out in the world and playing Pokemon Go. But um, there's been a lot of changes that are happening around Pokemon Go, including, like, I know they nerfed a lot of the um, the incense attractors and stuff. Um, recently, they changed the, the length of the day for Community Day, I guess, which is where um, a lot of a certain... Um, a lot of a certain Pokemon are kind of released in the wild and it's easier to get um, shiny version of that and get that specific Pokemon if you need to. Um, usually those periods of time were about six hours, but Niantic has shortened them at least in April to three hours. Um, and the reason why they're doing that is because they're trying to encourage people to actually go out and explore more and, and like use Pokemon go as they intended it to be like as a real world app where you have to go around and walk places and do things. Um, it, it's part of an initiative. They, they want you to interact with people. The Pokemon go is supposed to be interactive according to them. And they're, um, they're, they're pushing for that in spite of like us still being in a pandemic and like, yes, the vaccination rates are, getting a lot higher um the omicron variant that is out there is is less deadly um than some of the other variants like when delta was rampaging through everything um but another question that that was um brought up in this kotaku article that i'm reading about it is that um there due to it being 
changed so that you could play it without having to go places. Um, a lot of disabled people who normally wouldn't have that option of mobility were able to actually play Pokemon Go for the first time. Now, if you're taking away the ability of people to stay in one spot and still play the game, then that's going to negatively impact all of that disabled community that was able to enjoy your game for the first time. So, um, that's something that the development team said. According to them, they said that it's it's foremost on their list of considerations when they're trying to to update this. But I don't I I, I don't know about if it's the right time because I I fully understand Pokemon Go, it being intended as an app to like actually walk around get steps in and actually explore i i understand the developers coming from that point but one we are technically still in the pandemic like it's still technically not over in spite of like lower mortality rates we're technically still not out of it but two like with all the changes that have been done like people have accepted it as as a game that you can play sedentarily and like again with that new community of disabled people being able to play it like do you feel like it's it's the right move to go back to that or do they kind of like are they kind of should they stick with what they have and just make it optional to actually go out in the world and like maybe or maybe add extra incentives for actually walking around or something i i feel like it it is kind of a interesting take like double-edged sword kind of deal right now because like one, yes, you want to go back to the way how Pokemon Unite or not Unite, uh, Pokemon Go was initially made for, which is to go outside, explore your surroundings, and and like promote active work, you know, like active movement. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to isolate out some of the player base that you you got during this time, you know. Um, I do feel like the correct play is to create a hybrid version of like where yes, you could still play it sedentarily. Uh, like if you are going to like, if you are, or if you just don't have the resources to go out, right. Um, still allow people to play the game. Um, but at the same time, like, you can add more incentives to go out right so like keep it the way it is right now for people who can't necessarily go out like keep the gameplay as is but have more incentives or like more like reasons for people who want to go out to go and get out you know um yeah whether it is you know more event days kind of things that they have or um if there is a way to, you know, just meet more people that way, that would be the best option and the best way of going about it. Now, Kevin, you have some Pokemon news. Yes, I do. I, I talked about it earlier. We, we accidentally had uh, Pokemon Unite stuff. Been doing Pokemon Unite stuff for quite a while. Um, I actually just, like, before this podcast, I, I casted a game um, with Artisan, who is from Singapore. We, it took us a it took us a while to figure out our like casting time because she's uh i believe they're like 16 hours ahead so 
Yeah, uh, that's what I, th- I think that's the same time as like the Philippines is ahead of us too. Yeah, so it, it's like right now it's like noon, a little bit more than it's like three o'clock p.m. on the next day for them, uh, and for us it's barely uh, it, it's just midnight. Like, um, so it's just hard to coordinate that, but. Um, in Pokemon Unite news, this week is actually this weekend is kind of a big weekend for all, all of us. Um, the first one is that G4 is actually going to be hosting a Pokemon Unite Invitational um, right before the AOS Cup qualifiers. So, if you guys are available on Friday, it starts out it starts at 3 p.m. PST. You guys want to watch some Pokemon Unite? Um, it is going to be hosted by G4, so Frosk is going to be casting it. Um, it's kind of a way to make up for Frosk not being available for the March finals. She was invited to play that, but I think she got sick that day, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, so this is kind of the way for her to make up for that and also provide a really cool incentive for the Pokemon Unite community saying, hey, G4 TV, of all people, are really interested in creating a tournament for you guys and trying to keep the Pokemon Unite circuit Um like entertained and at least like in the talks with with bigger esports things um so once again it's the north american g4 unite series um it's gonna have a 1.5k price pool starts when or it starts my bad starts friday at 3 p.m pst go ahead and check it out if you guys want to want to see that um i'm definitely going to try to tune in um i have work that day so i i'll probably be watching it in between yelling at people in escape rooms but uh we'll we'll see how it goes um on top of that that is like tournament news like friday tournament news on top of that i believe it is tomorrow Uh, yes also friday officially um on friday we're also getting azumarill as the newest pokemon that is going to be added um you know ironic you know we got the, the the bunny egg pokemon uh for the April release. Um, so yeah, Azumarill is going to be an all-rounder. It has the ability to break shield. And, you know, the Easter Bunny is coming to play into, into the Pokemon Unite universe. So uh, if you guys like blue water mouse rabbit thing, uh, you can now get it in Pokemon Unite. Yay. Um, we don't know how it plays yet because it comes out on Friday. We have a little bit of time to figure out how it operates, but... Um, it probably won't be available for the the AOS Cup tournament, um, but we'll see how it plays out uh, moving forward. Um, and the last thing is, you know, the weekend is the AOS, AOS Cup qualifiers for Pokemon Unite, which is where if you have a team, you can apply uh, through open qualifiers. It's double elimination and then top 16 go into the finals um, for each region. So. There will be a lot of games going on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and see if any of my mutuals want to go ahead and cast some of these games. Um, they have more of the connections than I do, so I trust that they can they can get in the games and just watch them. Um, but yeah, if you guys don't know, you know, AOS Cup qualifiers, there are prize pools for these uh, middle tournaments as well. Um, this one is a $25,000 prize pool. Um, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, vying for those top 16 spots. So, uh, keep that in mind. That is, that is something that these players are going to be playing for. 
And Pokemon Unite is slowly growing into a bigger esports scene, so I'm I'm kind of excited. So the, you the 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 words, um, so the Pokemon Unite tournament scene you would say is looking fairly healthy. It's starting pretty pretty healthy. I would say, like the way how Unite is handling it is really, is really solid, like. I feel like the esports scene itself is really solid. Um, the only thing that needs to be fixed, there's like a bunch of things that need to be fixed, but um, I know that as a like future potential like personality, like there's a time and place to like air out all this stuff. They actually tried to do this earlier today. There was a Pokemon Unite town hall uh, that I wasn't invited to. I just <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But like, uh, there was a a group of like 16 content creators that all just got together and just talked about the state of the game. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting to hear. Um, I only sat through like the first like 10 minutes of it. I'm waiting to watch all of it in its entirety. But there is like parts of the game that need to be fixed. But overall, I would say the esports scene is doing quite well right now. Um, so if you guys have MOBA experience, I would highly recommend trying to get a group together and trying to play. So um, you will be seeing a lot of people from Heroes of the Storm in here. It is really fun, and it's really fun to uh, watch some of these games. Who, who doesn't like Pokemon, uh, you know, battling it out on a, you know, in a League of Legends or MOBA style game, you know? Digimon fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, Digimon should just make a MOBA. <laughs> I mean, did you did you see the uh, Gundam game that's out right now? There's a new one. The the one that looks like Overwatch. I I didn't know that they had a new game. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's a Gundam. I gotta figure out what it's called because like, I know my friends were sending it to me as a joke, and they were like, um, they were like, oh yeah, look, it's it's new Overwatch, and I'm like, wait, it is new Overwatch. Um, I gotta find where they put it. Um, because it it did look really fun. Like it it has like spiritual successor vibes to Overwatch. Um, I think was it in gaming? It wasn't gaming. Okay. Um, it is called Gundam. Uh, Gundam Evolutions. Um, let me send this over to you through this real quick. Um, I mean, there's just we got a little bit of the gameplay peak, so. Um, oh wait, that's the that's the name of the game, not the not the title. You need this thing. Here you go. Um, oh, this looks exactly like Overwatch. I'm just yeah, looking it, at the the image right now. Even like the character select screen is is it's Overwatch. Yeah, you you have to wait until you actually get into the gameplay stuff because like there's literally like like Genji is like in the game like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna it's, I'm scroll. It's, oh my god, it's it's yep, yep, no, no, yeah, this is Genji. Yeah, so if you if you wanted to play, he's got like successor. it looks like he's throwing shurikens and he's got a little sword thing. This is this is literally Overwatch, but with, yeah, you, with mechs. Yeah, Mecha Overwatch, man. Let's go. Like, if Overwatch Two gets delayed any more than it already is, like then we're just all gonna, gonna just become play. we're just gonna play Gundam. <laughs> We're all going to play Gundam, yeah. It, it is 6v6. It's crazy. It's bonkers. It's off the walls. And it looks like a lot of fun. So, honestly, like, if it ever comes to the States, me and my uh, 
Like we're gonna get the Overwatch crew back together, and we're gonna we're gonna definitely play this. Do it. Become like the leaders of of this game in the states. <laughs> we have to figure out the crew name. I mean, we can we can try to God figure that damn. out over there. Yeah. But yeah, it does look like a lot of fun. I I definitely want to take a stab at it. <laughs> stab because he has a sword. Because <laughs> Genji is Genji gameplay. Um. All right, so moving forward, um, I mentioned COVID earlier because we're still we're still in COVID. Um, but last year we did not get an E3. Guess what, Kevin? We're not getting an E3 again this year. Um, wah, wah. Event organizers are saying that because of health concerns, um, we're not going to get E3 again this year. Um, there will also not be a digital showcase either. Instead quote we devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital e3 experience next summer um the question that i've seen online kevin surrounding this when this first was announced especially on twitter it's that yeah e3 had its place back in the day but especially after now two cancellations and they're not even holding a digital version of the event this year do we even need e3 like is is E three still relevant to gaming? Uh, yeah, we we actually we discussed this with some of the people in my Discord too about, um, like the relevance of E three, especially with companies now, um, starting to kind of do their own things where they make their own announcements and have their own, I wouldn't say conferences, but more of like their own announcement like events, you know, um. Like the the best way to say it is like there's the reason why like uh Nintendo was never like really a part of E3 was because they always had the Nintendo Directs going on. And so people were just saying, like, yeah, E3 isn't really working out just because a lot of the uh a lot of the game developers will just start running their own announcement things instead. So like they don't have to be tied down to like, oh, we have to have an announcement for E3. They'll just release it whenever they're ready. And like if, if that is the case, like I'm fine with that. I just don't know. Like E3 might be a thing of the past. And it's sad to hear that and like sad to say that. But at the same time, like I'd rather have gaming companies not have the pressure of like trying to create a trailer before a certain day and just give us the trailer or like the announcement when the game is ready, you know? Right, right. And it's like I don't know. Part of me is like, I only ever really paid attention to E3 because of like the trailers and stuff that would come out of it. But like with the spread of YouTube and everything, it's like we, we can get the trailers anytime. Really. We don't have to because back then it was like, we didn't really have YouTube as a huge kind of, I guess, resource or infrastructure that we do now. It's like, it wasn't as big. Companies didn't really see it as 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 much of a resource as they do, or as such as an, as a necessity. So like E three, I guess, was where you'd tune in, you'd watch it on TV because TV was still big. Like streaming wasn't around. We had TV, we had cable. You'd sit down and you'd you'd go to G four and you'd watch the E three and like wait for all of the the announcements and the trailers. Like I remember when when Arkham City was announced. 
Like I, I was at my grandma's house. I was watching E3. No one else in, in the house cared about E3, but I knew that they were announcing that Batman trailer, and I was gonna. Par- I parked my butt in front of that giant TV just so I could see the Batman trailer, and it was amazing. It was, it was so good. So like, I have, I have fond memories of E3, but I mean, if the gaming, I feel like by delaying it, E3 just proved that it's not relevant anymore. That it's not a necessity. That it's not the cultural event that it used to be. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's okay because of the way how it is like we, we have access to uh, what is it? We have access to seeing the, seeing the spawns or seeing like seeing the uh, trailers uh, come out really early. And I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, I don't know how else you would do it. I know that like companies want to do like their own announcements and stuff, but I would much rather have like, I, I enjoyed the idea of E3 where it's just like one, like one event, everybody comes together and announces everything like that they wanted to announce. Right. Um, I feel like now it's either going to be limited to like, I mean, the go-to way would be, like, if in a certain, like, bubble, like, the way how Nintendo Directs handle it, it's just, like, okay, we're going to announce a day that we're going to have our announcement things for a certain thing. We're all going to get together, and we're all just going to announce everything that's going to be on this console. Um, I'm waiting for somebody to do freaking, like, you know, like an Avengers-style thing where they'll, like, constantly like at the end of other game trailers they'll drop like a hint towards another one and then people will be like ooh speculation start for the next one and then we'll just have like this whole like you know it'll be the the multiverse of gaming where people will just be like oh well like the last shot is just a master chief turning around you'll be like oh damn halo's coming like (laughs) you you don't know what's happening you just see like spongebob shoes and you'll be like oh man battle for bikini bottom again right like just just things like that i'd be i'd be 100 percent down to just see like how creative you know companies can get with their announcements Mm -hmm. like honestly even with like e3 being a virtual thing like it would have it was supposed to be this year is there really any benefit to, to having it? Because I mean, like, yes, we'd like everything to be all in one place, but that kind of, that forces companies to limit their announcements to what they can fit into an allotted time space as opposed to having their own devoted, like, event like that. Which on the one hand, like, it, it gives them more time, but also that's just a whole nother event for us to keep track of. But... I don't know. Do is like going back to the question. Do you think there is a place for E3, and do you think it's relevant? And is there anything E3 can provide that companies can't do on their own anymore? Uh, I don't think that there's anything that E3 can can add. I think that companies now just understand, hey, we have our own social media teams, and we can do it ourselves. So I am down to see what happens like coming out of bigger companies for them to like make their own announcement stuff but at the same time it does come down to the way how like 
it, it comes down to the gamers. Like if we do want E3 to still be a thing, I feel like wait how can i man i'm gonna start a war but i think that this is the way how it goes you have to have a tournament you can't just have e3 and just it only be announcements right hmm like okay if e3 and vivo teamed up or something like that right not like not not vivo like evo in general right like the tournament like fighting game tournaments right uh-huh. You you have this huge event where there's like a tournament that everybody's looking forward to. And then you just have one day before the finals where you just have a, a ton of announcements, right? Like that's the way to go. Or like to do the way how, you know, uh, I would say like the, the gamer awards also do this where they'll like, they'll bring in like certain announcement trailers during certain presentations um, I feel like that's also a viable situation, but like, I do think the only way to really get people to pay attention to potentially like another E3 would be if there was a tournament tied to it. Okay. Okay. Um, but the, uh, that would be a good way to, at least to bring interest into it. I think definitely, at least online, people could tune into that if you didn't want to go in in person. But do you think there's any way that you could get people to want to visit E3 and go to like all the panels and things like physically again. Uh exclusives and handouts. I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot I about mean, those. that that's literally the only thing like uh more recently like I I talked about how I went to uh I went to a an NBA G League game like the the developmental league for the nba um i went to i went to a game because my mom wanted the steph curry bobblehead and like that's literally it like you <laughs> you come you come in there and you say like hey i have something for you if you show up today right and people will be like dang all right like if you were to, if you were to do like exclusive certain like skin releases on certain mm-hmm. days you'd be like damn all right like that that's how it is um yeah i i just think that that's that's how it is it's just like you have to incentivize people to come and hang out um and i think that's that's just honestly the way how it's going to go down so um if you want e3 to be in person you have to like not pay us but just like give us things that are exclusive to being there and that might be the way to get people to show up again mm-hmm. i mean i was thinking of things like um exclusive like demos or like beta tests like kind of how like when blizzcon happened um the people there got to try the first couple like the first map of of overwatch 2 in the pve mode and got to try push mode and everything um so that was my idea but yeah i forgot about merch and how everybody loves merch and things everybody like that. loves I mean, free stuff everybody it loves works free to stuff. get me to go to to the overwatch league like i have the soldier 76 statue lying around somewhere it's probably in my garage or something or in storage but like it, it works so i mean i feel like i feel like you nailed hit it on the head there like that's pretty much the only way to get people to want to go again if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's how it's gonna go. Um, so moving on to a couple more things before we get into the Overwatch stuff. 
Um, here's here's a good story. Um, Capcom is going to be raising the salaries of their employees, which like, in I mean, we all know how how difficult the gaming industry can be, um, with all like, the the crunch and the overworking and the long hours and stuff. Like, gaming as a whole, as a as an industry, has been under fire a lot because of the the inequitable conditions. Of the employees like that's not even getting into like the harassment and like the boy culture that of course we all know about um but capcom is raising employee salaries by 30 percent um in a statement it said driven by its philosophy of being a creator or entertainment culture that stimulates your senses capcom will work to address the issues facing our society while aiming to approve its corporate value and establishing a relationship of trust with employees and stakeholders um with with this structure because um, they're they're hiring uh, a new res- uh, human uh, R&D human resources department with health and productivity man health and productivity management um, and just a lot of um, more focus on the employees and like I guess managing and making sure that they're okay um, but quote with this structure Capcom will work to bolster productivity by further providing a comfortable workplace environment for employees and driving forward its personnel acquisition and training activities um, so th- there's not a lot to this story um, but it's a good story it's a feel-good story it's it's um it's good to see that I in, in a sea of mistreatment at least Capcom is doing this much I don't know if this is to to either hide some past misconduct or shield them from other things or what if anything prompted this move but at least for now without knowing anything else about it it seems like a very good move yeah honestly i think that this is the uh the the correct play if, if anything, like Capcom is known for being a big, like, you know, company. It's like, you know, Street Fighter. Um, they have a whole bunch of other projects that they're definitely working on. So I do think that if, uh, if Capcom really wants to push for like better work conditions, I do like what they're, what they're doing here. If anything, it's also a good way to incentivize like workers to stay. Um, especially people who are making their next and upcoming projects, this might be the best way of like saying, Hey, you know, these other companies who might, you know, cut you short. We here at Capcom really value our, you know, workforce. We want them to be able to live. Uh, and this is, this is the way how we're going to do it. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to another gaming company, um, PlayStation, uh, last week we talked about how they introduced the three different tiers of their um, their new PlayStation Plus system. Um, there's already like it's not even been released yet, and there's already a tweak incoming with that. Um, as we pointed out last week, the different tiers of the PlayStation system are going to allow you to play different generations of PlayStation games, um, except for uh, the PlayStation Three games. The way that they were going to do that is that you were going to have to stream them, which takes a lot of data and is, I guess, not ideal. Um, the reason for that was because that just due to the way that the PlayStation 3 ran with the hardware and everything, it's, I guess it wasn't able to be 
properly run on of upper generations of PlayStation consoles. So the PlayStation team is working on developing a way to emulate the PS3 games on PS5. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a very, very long time, apparently, because they still have to figure out a way to build this from the bottom up. But that's something that's incoming, which I guess would be nice. Um, uh, similarly, uh, not similarly, but more news about the um, the, the PlayStation Plus passes. Uh, we talked about how last week that the the big first party games the big exclusives are not going to be coming to playstation plus which is a big contrast to the um the game pass system that is available with microsoft for example like with microsoft we were able to play halo infinite the the day that it came out on game pass with our our, our existing subscriptions not having to pay anything else with playstation something like Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a, a PlayStation first-party exclusive. It's developed by Sony. That's not included in Game Pass, and I don't think it at this point it ever will be. Um, but according to CEO Jim Ryan, he doubled down on on this stance of not including them. Um, and in his own words, in terms of putting our own games on this service or for any of our services upon the release, as you all know, it's not a road that we've gone down in the past. And it's not a road we're going to go down in this new service. We feel as if we were to do that with games that we make at PlayStation Studios, the virtuous cycle would be broken. Uh, the, the level of investment that we need to make our game... Uh, the level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. And we think the knock-on effect of the quality of the games that we make would not be something the gamers want. Um... So, I mean, it's, he's saying, he went on to say that it's like not set in stone. Like maybe down in the future, we might see first party games on the service. Like, um, he mentioned that now PlayStation is porting a lot of their games onto PC and like years ago, that's not something that they would have thought of doing. So, um, it's, it's maybe a possibility downline, but at least for the foreseeable future, it's not something that Sony is interested in doing. But, I mean, I, I don't know if I buy his argument because, like, yeah, I mean, we'd have to we'd have to see how it affects Xbox later down the line. I mean, like, people, some people didn't like Halo Infinite. I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, but I guess we'd have to, we'd have to watch Microsoft and see if by if by including their games on the service and like you're not going to you don't have to pay extra to play these games you're not they're going to be losing out i guess on those those individual sales um does that impact the quality of of the games that are being produced and released because of that 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 loss of revenue um if we don't see a change in in the Xbox games and exclusive are just as good as they always were or or better even then PlayStation's excuse is just a whole lot of crap. Um, but if they're taking a, a hit because of that, then maybe PlayStation is is right here. I don't know, but because like PlayStation in general has made better decisions with their exclusives and have had better exclusives in the past. So I feel like maybe there's there's some room to kind of 
hopefully trust them and see if they're right. Yeah, but once again, like it comes down to competition, really. The the fact that they're saying like, oh, we we're not gonna give you access to you know PlayStation exclusives just because you're a part of the service, like kind of destroys doesn't destroy the fact that like you know it it doesn't destroy the fact that it was like it's a it's a PlayStation exclusive but it feels interesting like when your competitors are giving more to their consumers like we're going to expect that level from you know PlayStation in the future and if this happens to be the way how it goes like we're going to we're just going to flock to using game pass more because it gives us that access to use it you know um yeah so i think if you are a playstation fan like the only thing that we could really do is enjoy the games while they're like with the game service that we currently have and we just have to trust that like whatever games we buy is going to be fine as is um but at the same time like i i really do wish that we have i wish that playstation would just say we will give you access to our exclusives if you do sign up for a program like that should not affect the quality of the game like just put the games and make them accessible first like even if you did like the like game pass the way how it works right it's like every month you get x amount of games right you get to play them you don't own the games they're just downloaded right yeah you play them for a little bit and then when the month's over you lose access to them you get a set of brand new ones right i mean so that's yeah i mean i don't know if we lose access but like eventually they take some games off of the the yeah yeah it's just like you there's like a rotating like yeah there's a rotating roster of games that are available of games yeah so i think that's how it should be right like if playstation for example like this is this is actually a big brain play so like let's say if how much does it cost for like you know a nintendo or not a nintendo subscription but like a subscription to the playstation service right like if it's 15 bucks a month right Mm -hmm. Uh, let's say it's 15 bucks a month if you let players have access to games for 15 bucks a month and like one of them happens to be like an exclusive game right like a ps playstation exclusive if they play that game for more than four months you get your money's worth anyways right yeah so what what is the purpose of not having that but I mean, right? would, like, would people be playing that game for the four months or would they just finish it within that first month yeah that that's also another thing where it's just like but you're you're banking on the fact that they are going to continue to pay for the service not just for the fact that it's online but also right to like continue to play more and more games like even if you put out like demos like on on like the game pass like even like a week or two before like people will play that and then they'll be interested in the game and go and buy that like it's a good way of promoting games that you have coming up and also just by getting more sales like i don't mm-hmm. uh I understand the idea of being like, oh, we're exclusive. We're 
quote unquote better than what Microsoft can provide. Um, but at the same time, like I want there to be good competition. And if this is the line that like, you know, if PlayStation is going to draw the line at like, oh, no exclusives for our online platform, we're just going to not use it. Yeah, I mean, it sucks already that like they're they're separating the content that people want, like that that legacy content behind the different tiers and paywalls. Yeah, it just feels really weird. Like it's a it's a weird business model, and I don't know how successful that will be for them. Yeah, it it really doesn't seem like. It doesn't seem like the best move, but I mean, again, it, it, it'll 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 really depend on on how we see Microsoft doing things because they seems like they're doing fine. Like the the service works great. Like I really enjoy it, but <laughs> we'll see if the quality of gaming stays the same or deteriorates, or or, or I don't know. But now, finally, to um, to Overwatchy things. Um, this the first one that we're going to talk about. It's, it's kind of a smaller story, but it's just relevant to everything going on right now. Um, so, Ukraine obviously Zarya is a Russian hero, um, and Russia and Ukraine is probably the biggest story in the world currently um in a recent update what they did was in um zarya's arctic and siberian frost skins there used to be a letter z on them which um kevin if you had to guess what that z meant what would you say it means zarya yeah it means it was there because her name is is, is zarya um but apparently in um in modern times which did not that this context did not exist obviously when the character was created um the the letter z apparently has been uh i don't know how and why but the letter z has been used as a symbol to represent supporting russia's invasion of ukraine uh i don't know how and why it has something to do with with athletes and wearing the letter i don't know how they got the z from it but it means they're supporting what's happening in ukraine so overwatch quietly removed that so now you can you can play the zarya skin without fear of of supporting that i mean this is not the first time that they've gone and gone back and edited skins and whatnot like um the alien skin from overwatch from he who will not be named was completely removed after um he who will not be named did what shall not be named so it's not the first time that they've had to change things because of um changing political or, or cultural moments but i mean i feel like it's good that they're paying attention if anything it shows that they're like they're aware of what's going on yeah, it's good that that they're at least acknowledging like something that they can that they they're, they're taking steps to be more aware of what's going on. Um unlike what happened in their company, but other than that, um <laughs> I I think that honestly it's 
important that they like they understand what they're doing here and this specific thing is like it's good that they're taking steps to make this work yeah um the next one that we are we're going to talk about that's current current overwatch um the anniversary remix event um people have feelings about it this is remix volume one um and we are we have how many skins is it? it's i don't even know we have we have a couple skins i think it's like five or something like that I think five or six something like that and it's just it's recolors of skins that we already have and um i don't know i feel like the the anniversary event could have done better than just that you know like i i understand that aaron keller said that oh this year in overwatch we're gonna have more opportunities for you to earn even more skins than ever before but i feel like if your your qualification for more skins is just having recolored versions of old skins that are still like they still cost you three thousand coins to unlock even though it's just a it's still a previous skin i don't think that counts it shouldn't count because you're not creating anything new and like their excuse for this is of course oh we're doing this so that we can focus more on on getting the pvp ready for overwatch 2 and like okay but this that's that's such a cop out like just hire more people to work on the game you're blizzard you have the money to do it you were just acquired by microsoft you clearly have the money like there's no way you don't have the money to do that um it just it feels like you're not respecting the existing community base enough like if you think that we'll be satisfied by this when you promised us more skins than ever we didn't think it would mean reskinned or recolored skins i'm fine with the recolors i think that like some of them actually look relatively solid um i just don't like it it does seem kind of like a cop out in addition to like what they were already doing like if you want to add the recolors then add recolors for a lesser price in addition to giving us new skins then like maybe one or two new skins and the rest are recolors if you want to say oh we only did two skins and recolors because we're focusing on overwatch 2 that would kind of make more sense but if it's just the re reskins it's like still feels like we're being cheated here yeah and i i mean i feel like right now the the these recolored skins aren't going to be enough like still to like get me and my friends to like log into overwatch right now um it we're not going to be like ooh cool uh blackheart skin is now white like cool we're we're going to play um no it's got to give us something else on top of this and like i feel like this was something that overwatch set up for us too cuz like in previous years like when overwatch was at its peak they would give us like 10 skins per event or like you know a good amount of skins per event and we just come to expect that out of them like right now it's so slow that like even reskins are something that you know it's it's barely scraping the surface of like what we as over as the overwatch player base have come to expect from them so i really do hope that like 
I honestly, what I wish would happen is if they did the same thing that they did in like previous events where it's like, um, you know, X amount of wins, X amount of games, you get the recolored skin, right? Um, that would be enough of an incentive to get me to like be like, okay, well, they're doing the same thing again. If we want the remix skins, we can get it. Um, and it's not locked behind, you know, a token wall, you know, again. So it doesn't come down to me having to grind for hours just to get a reskin of a skin that I already own, you know? Um, but at the same time, like the, we know that overwatch two is on the horizon. We know that it's, it's coming soon. So at the same time that they're like announcing these remix skins, I'm hoping that there's going to be, I, I like, I pray that, this this remix event is just something to hold us over until you know we have the the beta release um the open beta release on the 26th which if that is the case like we have you know they have this huge opening day overwatch 2 announcement thing they start like releasing a bunch of skins that we haven't seen before just to like get people back into Overwatch and just to see how it works. Um, because like right now it does seem kind of lazy. It feels like there's only a couple things going on. But like if they have a big opening day Overwatch 2 event set up, like if it's if it blows us out of the water, I'm willing to give this a pass. I mean, it's it's all gonna depend upon that delivery of the final product yes that that's really what it is at the end of the day if overwatch 2 is a good game like yeah we'll play it but like right now it doesn't feel like we're we're getting a lot out of it yeah it's not i don't feel like uh the, the again it feels like the community's not being respected by the current overwatch administration with aaron keller like Again, <laughs> we'll see. Um, speaking of, of the, the upcoming Overwatch 2, um, a couple of potential leaks that we might be seeing. Um, one is that just based on some concept art that was leaked of like the new interface and home screens. So on, on the um, in the in-game store and in the, the home screen, um, it looks like there might be a battle pass tab on there. So after like previously... Um, previously teased things with with jeff when he was when papa jeff was still with us um hinting at a battle pass so it looks like that might actually be coming to overwatch 2 and for people who kevin who aren't familiar exactly with what battle passes are can you please give us a quick explainer of what a battle pass is yeah so a battle pass is like you pay a small amount or x amount of money and then for a certain amount of time you have like goal incentives to to get more you know to to get more stuff the more you play so it's essentially rewarding you for playing the game more um and honestly like i like the system in a way because it does incentivize people to keep logging in keep playing and keep having fun with the game that you guys provide but um at the same time like i really I, I enjoy that over the current loot box system, but at the same time, like I don't blame them if they try to do something crazy with it. Um, 
I just hope that whatever, like, whatever they do with the battle pass, I just hope that it's well done. Um, or if like they're if they have like a really sick exclusive skin at the end, that might be the selling point for me. But we won't know until until it happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I've never really. I mean, the only game I've played with a battle pass is Pokemon Unite. I've never really played other ones before, and like again, while it is optional, it <laughs> the concept seems kind of funny to me. It's because it's like here, pay us to give you more reason to pay to play our game. You know, it's yeah, just, I'm giving you money to to tell to to get me. I'm giving you money so that you can make me want to play your game more so I will get in-game exclusives. But if I don't have time to play it during that time period, then I just gave you my money for nothing. Like, it's, yeah, I, I get it. And I, I understand that people like it. It just kind of seems a little bit weird to me as, as a thing. But eh, I'm, if it makes money for the games and the if people are willing to pay for it, then fine. I mean, it's yeah, it. I do agree with that. And like it it is just a difference of mentality. I, I think of it as like I'm gonna play the game anyways. Like the game is like I'm gonna do this regardless. So I might as well like if I'm going to enjoy this game that you're providing me, I, I might as well go for and get rewarded for playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the reason why like some people like the battle passes, some other people don't just because it, it does make it feel like an exclusive thing. Like if you miss out on a certain event, you're just like, okay, I can't, I can't do anything about it. But at the same time, I, I do agree. And I do like, I think that a battle pass would get players more involved with playing. Um, and I think that is the right play for overwatch moving forward. Yeah. Um, it would if definitely they do want... revitalize the community. Yeah, and I, I think that's honestly the best thing that they could do right now. So um, if that is the play from them, I think that is the go-to. But um, if not, like it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and the other leak that came out this week is potentially we might know what Junker Queen might look like as a hero. So according to um, Overwatch League coach Felix Fefe Munk, I believe that, I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he has apparently details of what uh, Junker Queen might look like. Um, again, like it's just, these are just rumors. We don't know exactly where he, he got these. Um, it said he was sent to them. He was sent these details by a viewer. So with a grain of salt, I mean, a lot of Overwatch leaks have turned out to be true in the future. I mean, in the past, they've turned out to be true. Um, and others have, have not turned out to be true. So, again, grain of salt, this may or may not be what Junker Queen looks like. So, first off, her primary weapon might be a shotgun called the Scattergun. And as we've seen in previous images of her, she has a, a melee weapon as well. So, this it's going to be a sword-like weapon that has bleeding damage over time and also has a a bit of a boomerang function because australia so why not where she can um hit enemies and it can it has a backwards boop function as the um as she throws it and the boomerang comes back to her um her first ability is called rallying call 
and she gains 200 HP and her allies get 100 HP. Um, there's also allegedly a movement buff, but not sure whether it just applies to her or to her and the, her teammates. Um, her second ability, Carnage, deals damage to all enemies in front of her uh, with a bleeding effect over time. Not really sure how much damage this does yet. Um, her next ability is a, a passive ability called Adrenaline Shot that would heal all damage done through a bleeding effect. So, quote, basically Ash's Dynamite or Widowmaker's Venom Mine. Um, and finally, her um, ultimate is called Rampage, and she charges in front of enemies and deals some sort of anti-healing effect, similar to Ana's Biotic Grenade. So, just based on all this, it feels like she's going to be placed as a support character, especially with all, like, the healing and the buffs and stuff. I'd be surprised if she'd be anything but uh, a support character. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to just see what uh, what they have available and what what moves you know she might have in the future. So I'm interested in seeing what they have and what they could potentially get in the future. Oh yeah, and if you didn't play it on April first, uh, we had the googly eyes again. It was fun. I liked it. <laughs> googly eyes are always the, the one of the best events in the game. Just googly eyes make everything better. I haven't seen um, the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, but I know it has googly eyes and everyone seems to love it. So I feel like I think that it just continues to prove the fact that googly eyes make everything better. Oh my god, I was at um, I was at Barnes & Noble and I was just looking at like the different games they had. And one of them was a chess set that was like the the greatest chess set ever. And it looks like a very solidly made chess set. But one of the things that it comes with is it's a bag of googly eyes for the chess pieces. And it said for um, for placing like, googly eyes for placing them on your chess pieces. Just try it at least once. <laughs> I mean, it's solid. I don't see I, I don't see why not. Imagine Queen's Gambit, but with googly eyes. That's I feel like that, that would have made the show which was already a very good show, even better. Anyway, that's all that I had for news. Yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what Junker Queen is going to do in the future. Um, and I, I'm interested in seeing the concept fully fleshed out in the future. Um, or, you know, obviously, like, what we would get if it, if it does actually come. So... Um, we do definitely have a lot to look forward to. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for hanging with us this week. We will, again, as with every week, be back at you next week. Um, hope you're having a better week than I am. I am just so tired and emotionally exhausted. I need, I need to take a break in my life. Ugh, why do I do this to myself? Um... Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. We love you and appreciate you all so much. Um, catch you all next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms 
and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.